Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Is it a gadget? Is it a gizmo? No, it's gadgets and gizmos with Steve Kaplan and Simon Rose. Gadgets and gizmos, two for the price of one. We don't know the difference. If you do, please write in and tell us on a postcard. Now, the postcard? postcards still exist. Postcard? I don't know they do. I don't know. Do you remember we used to go away and send postcards? I'm trying to think the last time I had one. Oh, uh, well, I still send postcards when I go away, and I send them using one of my very favourite iPhone apps, which is called TouchNote. Oh. Have you not come across it? Surely you I'm have. sure you must have mentioned it before, but I don't think I've used you, you, you can send postcards. You take a photograph of, you know, whatever you want, or yes. off your camera roll. You can write a message on the back, and they actually print and post a real photograph a full postcard, and they send it from the country that you're sending it to. So if I'm off in France, say, and I want to send a postcard to my mum, she gets it within two days. Whereas if I actually sent a postcard from France, she wouldn't get it too long after I got back. And you have to find, find out where they sell stamps and whether the people in the tiny shop actually know what the price of exactly. postage is to where you're going. Exactly. Well, that's good. However, you've been sending all these postcards. I don't recall getting a postcard from you. Uh, I must have used the wrong address. Yes, possibly. Yes. Right, so what were you planning on talking about today? I was planning on talking about uh, Elon Musk again, who, as you know, has just bought Twitter for $44 billion. Um, and his purchase of Twitter has wiped $126 billion off the value of Tesla because of people thinking he's going to sell his Tesla shares in order to buy Twitter. Honestly. Mm. Yes. Once I, you start I, dealing in these kind of figures, they don't make sense anymore, do they? No, none at all. Though I read today that uh, he can still actually break the deal with Twitter for a cost of a mere one billion, and made decide that that's well worth spending. Because uh, what's a you know a billion to Elon Musk is probably just a round to us in the pub. Exactly. Exactly. Could you go back here? What, what was that postcard sending thing called? I would try and find it. I suppose that postcard sending thing Touch was. I've got I've got something ringing in my ear. Where's that coming from? Tinnitus. I should think. What have I got ringing at me? I, I don't know. You're the tech, tech expert, not me. <laughs> oh, I suppose I could just ignore it, but something's very irritating. Well, I can't hear it, and therefore the listeners can't hear it. So I'm hoping you just push through it. Ah. What? No, it's all right. That's, you're supposed to be the master of all tech, but the trouble is, of course, it perhaps explains <laughs> to the listeners, you are using this wonderful new screen. Um, it was a phone call, and I had set my computer on the do not disturb, and hmm. it still disturbed me. Oh, well, possibly it's not as clever as you think it is. Possibly it's not. Anyway, let us move swiftly on. Uh, no, you were about to tell me again what that postcard sending thing was called. It's called Touch Note. Touch Note. But yeah, presumably... it cost about a couple of quid to send a postcard. And uh, depending on how many credits you buy, and it's yes. fantastic. Though presumably you're not, they're not actually written, it's printed, is it? And sort of what it's handwriting printed, yes. style. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes. Right. But very, very good. Highly recommended. Okay. Thank you. I've right. never gone holiday without it. Uh, on, uh, sorry about that uh, curious um, ringing noise I was getting. We, um, yes, which we, which we didn't hear. Oh, didn't you? No. 
No, 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 I did try okay. telling you that, uh, yes, and I, I didn't hear it. I imagine the listeners didn't hear it. Who knows? Anyway, yeah. can we proceed? Let us proceed. You master this technology. Squirro. To what? Squirro. Squirro, capital S, capital U, capital Q, lowercase u, capital R, lowercase o. Squirro. Right. Which sounds like a squirrel. It's not a squirrel, but it is, uh, it's an acronym for small-sized quadruped robotic rat. There we go, as if the world didn't have enough robots, we've now got robotic rats. Well, surely all rats are quadrupeds, aren't they? Uh, this is not, yeah, but not all robots are, are quadrupeds. Okay. So this is a rat-shaped and rat-sized robot that uh, has a very flexible spine, and it can squeeze through a 90 millimeter gap, which is quite small, just uh, mm. about uh, four inches. Uh, it can climb over inch-high obstacles, and uh, the idea is it can search for survivors in disaster sites. Although if I were I was about to say, a load of rubble yes. and a robotic rat came and found me, I think <laughs> yes, it finished me that, off. That was exactly my thought, yes, to have a heart attack. But I guess um, a robotic rat is better than nothing at all. Well, this is a new and better one. Than, from better the, than a real rat, um, frankly. Yes. Yes, I suppose it probably is better than a real rat, although... So you probably couldn't eat Equally that. scary. Yes, yes. No. Okay. And wh where does this thing exist? Uh, this comes from the Beijing Institute of Technology, and it's for exploration, as I say. It's very cute. They've made it look like a rat. They've, they've sort of 3D printed a rat's head to go on it. Mm. And it. But it moves just like a rat, and it wriggles like a rat. Oh. Yes. Yes, exactly. How very Let's exciting. move on swiftly. So you know the problem. You've got your yacht. This is your yacht that can take 12 of your guests each in their own cabins. Right. And, and you suddenly get frustrated by the fact that you can only drive it on the sea. Yes. And you look at the planes going overhead, and you think, wouldn't it be nice to be up there with those planes? Well, now you can! Isn't it marvellous? This is the air yacht, and it's a Swiss invention, which where the yacht does go on the sea as normal, but the yacht also becomes a gondola suspended beneath a... 200 meter long airship which is filled with helium good grief so it flies you around and when you see a bit of sea you'd like to to go down to then it lowers the gondola down on cables and then it releases the cables so the thing is this big helium releases device, the cables what and just floats away well that's the thing there's still some crew up there i imagine oh right okay but what has been carrying a presumably very very heavy yacht when it releases the cables, it is still full of enough helium to carry the yacht. So I don't know how on earth they imagine they are they are going to stop it zooming up into the stratosphere at tremendous speed. Yes. Yes. I don't know if they thought. I mean, that one through. yachts with enough bedrooms for twelve guests each to have their own bedroom. I would imagine they count as being pretty it's heavy. Actually, only six bedrooms. So they oh, only six. Up. So they have to. So each guest has to know one other guest quite well. Exactly, or they yep. do by the end of it, anyway. <laughs> yes. So it can take uh, 12 guests, uh, a flight crew of three, and up to 12 hospitality crew, because, of course, each of your guests will need their own butler. Yes. Or possibly footman. I don't know. It's like a while since I watched Downton. It's yes. 52 metres long. It is three floors high. And optionally, you can have it fitted with a jacuzzi, a sauna, a swimming pool, and a garage. Yes, you can't tell the main customers for these Russian oligarchs who probably at the moment aren't in the much mood for spending the money this would cost. Possibly. I'm assuming it's not cheap. 
Well, they're not telling you. The pricing is discussed during a confidential interview. So they're not telling the likes of us what it's, what it's going to cost. If you want one, airyacht.ch is your go-to URL of choice. I forgot to mention, the reason it's got the garage on it is because it also got struts so they can park it on the ground as well. And then you can get in your 4 by 4 and drive out and explore the Serengeti. So pretty ubiquitous. They have photographs on their going. website, all mock-ups, of course, of it flying yes. through the air and, and, and on the ground being examined by a, a trio of curious elephants. <laughs> oh, that's just what you want. Yes, go off for a stroll, come back and find the elephants. We've got two curious and you're stuck there. <laughs> well, yes, exactly. OK, so, well, we haven't had one of these, so if you're about to move on, we'll have one. So and we're back up in the air. We're back on the air with Trevor Jacob. Who is Trevor Jacob? I hear you ask. Well, I didn't hear you ask because you didn't ask it, but I, no. I kind of intimated that you might have uh, might have asked it. Uh, he is a pilot who films his uh, piloting endeavours hmm. on YouTube, and he published a, a YouTube video recently of him going uh, over national forest in California when his engine stalled, and there was a certain amount of swearing, and then he opened the door and jumped out and there's this very dramatic uh, footage uh, of him uh, jumping out uh, being suspended from his parachute uh, while filming the plane uh, crashing into mm. the uh, into the ground nearby and he's had two million views on YouTube the uh, the United States FAA the Federal Aviation Authority um, has withdrawn his license because they say that he crashed his plane on purpose so he could film it. The evidence that they produced was that he kept on opening the door before the engine stalled, that he put his parachute on before the flight, that he didn't contact air traffic control and say, I'm in trouble. He didn't try to restart the engine, didn't look for any safe landing places he could glide to, although there were quite a lot around there. And that when he jumped out of his plane, parachute already on his back, he was holding his selfie stick so that he could film it not just from his selfie stick, but from the dozen or so cameras he had fitted around the plane. Right. You wouldn't have thought it's worth crashing. I mean, even even given the idiocy of the entire thing, you wouldn't have yes. thought it was worth crashing a plane. You wouldn't, uh, would you? Oh. For the sake of two million views no, on YouTube. You wouldn't. You wouldn't. Anyway, I mean, because I don't know about the insurance company going to pay up very much. They're not now, are they? No. No, exactly. <laughs> So who knows what's going to happen to him? Anyway, so just to show the lengths that people will go to to, um, to get their YouTube hits. And talking of the length people will go to, yes. what about the lengths that Amazon sellers will go to uh, in order to get you to buy their products? For a long time, Amazon has uh, let people bundle reviews together, uh, co-opting, they call it, of, say, you're selling... Um, I don't know, a pair of headphones, and you're selling them in multiple colours, mm. you can put aggregate all of your headphone reviews uh, so that when you look at any of the colours of the headphones, you get the reviews for all of them. Yes, but it isn't only things that are the same. I've regularly bought no. things where there are different things and you see the reviews that have nothing to do with the thing you want to buy. Exactly. They might be related, but they're not the same thing. Well, which magazine or which the consumer champions uh, mm. have looked at the 10 highest rated headphones 
Um, and they have five-star reviews for things like soft toys and jigsaws and even umbrellas. Reviews for tweezers included reviews for kitchen foil. People are just grabbing their reviews from all over the place and bundling them together in the hope that no one will notice. So awesome? you would imagine if you're reading a review for a jigsaw, you might recognise that it doesn't actually apply to headphones that you're interested in. You would imagine so, but still... Yes, five comes, in, reviews, comes in 500 pieces and has to be assembled. Wouldn't really attract me if I was going to buy headphones. <laughs> but the, uh, the, the, head, the five-star reviews do push them up the, up the rankings, oh. of course. So, that's why so what are they doing about it? Amazon say, oh, well, this is absolutely shocking. We're going to do something about this. No, they won't. No, no they won't. No, just, I mean, I, I know you don't because you're always terribly sceptical, but I do rely on ratings and reviews on Amazon to decide what I'm going to buy. Yes. Yes, as do I. Ignoring, of course, all the one-star reviews because that's, those are just written by crackpots. Well, not always. I do actually sometimes read them because sometimes I've got a very good a very, very good reason for only giving it one star, I find, but not mm, always. By no, one, one star, nothing, nothing deserves one star. Ignore them. Okay, well, well they, they could get rid of the one star, but then the two stars would be the new one star. They, well, maybe they would, but that would help push things up slightly, wouldn't it? <laughs> um, I think it's time for us to take a, think quick, a quick break. I've had enough of this for a moment. Okay, here we go. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. This is Simon Rose. You're listening to Gadget and Gizmos, where the man who knows all about the gizmos and the gadgets is Steve Kaplan. So and cows, cows produce lots of methane, an awful lot of methane. Mm-hmm. And do you know where they produce their methane from? Oh, well, I don't think I'd like to say it. that. Well, no, that's the whole from thing. From there, 90% of it, they belch. No. They burp methane, exactly. We all thought they farted it. Well, exactly. No, apparently not. Apparently that's not where most of it comes from. No, that's just what the cows are telling us, because they're <laughs> trying, they don't want to be well, seen to be very, Yes, exactly. Yes, yes. Well, the winner of a £50,000 prize from the Terracotta Design Lab hmm. uh, is a company, a startup called Zelp, who have worked out a way of making masks for cows. Not just any old mask, but masks with a cath- catalytic converter in them that catch the methane and turn it into water and carbon dioxide. Clever. Well, it would be quite clever, but there is a problem with masks. What's that? Cows need grass to survive oh. and produce methane, so how are they going to eat the grass? You're thinking of the sort of blue NHS COVID masks, aren't you? Yes. No, it's not like that at all. It's a mask that sits just above their nose and doesn't cover their mouth at all. Well, then how is, it, how is it actually coping with stuff that comes out of the mouth? Well, somehow it is. I mean, this, this was judged uh, from a panel that included Prince Charles and Johnny Ive. So oh, well, they know about it. They, they really are hot on their science, yes. They are hot on, well, hot on their science and really <laughs> quite hot on their cows as well. Yes. I don't know. Uh, but, I mean, it's a very clever idea and it could, it could save the planet. So let's get all these cows masked up, I say. It'd be of course, rather bizarre going to the countryside and seeing all these masked cows. And have anybody asked the cows what they think about it? Has anybody tried it on a cow? Is there a video of a cow? Uh, I've seen using a photograph of, of the cow wearing one. I've not seen any video of the cow okay. wearing one. They're quite discreet, it has to be said. They the don't cows. look like they're 
the cows aren't discreet. Cows are never no. discreet, but the marks no. are fairly discreet. Okay. I think cows might see them as a fashion accessory. But if you can get them yes, well, colors, yeah, yes, mm. yes. The cow to be to be mimicked is the cow that's got the mask. Yes, they'll all exactly. be after them. That'll be why they're all facing in the same direction. Exactly. They're all staring at the cow with the mask. Of it course, means not rain. All, uh, not all autonomous things that, uh, that can suddenly turn stuff into other stuff work equally well. Um, as they discover, <laughs> your worst the ever, that's your worst ever segue. <laughs> I know, I didn't know where just I was wanted going to, with that just one. wanted to mark it, but that's fine. <laughs> oh, God. I'd much rather you tried and failed than try than, than didn't try it in uh, in Rotherham. They are implementing solar powered bins, uh, for, for, for street use, and these bins they can hold eight times as much as regular rubbish bins, and they have a hydraulic ram that compact the contents that's right. how they can hold eight times as much and when they're full they send a signal and to this is not this is not a male sheep ram presumably this is not a male sheep ram right okay <laughs> they, well uh, no, given what you've been talking about it, yes given what you've been talking about already it could perfectly well have been yeah, a robot be. ram yeah that we left that behind and uh and then it sends a signal out to the rubbish collectors when it's full or rather it doesn't and the streets have rather than been overflowing with rubbish because no one realised that these things needed emptying every now and again. Oh, good grief. Yes, indeed. Well, it does seem like a clever idea if it worked. Yes, <laughs> not a good idea <laughs> if it doesn't work. No. It leaves one stone. Anyway, let us move on. I think it's probably time for our uh, crowdfunding time of the week. Oh, we okay. I think it's probably time for our crowdfunding time of the week. I just said that. Yeah, I'm just making sure everybody knows. Okay, well, thank you very much. Uh, and this is Yola. Yola, spelled J-O-O-L-A. Right. Know why. I don't know why. Not just any Yola, but Yola Infinity, which is uh, obviously the most impressive Yola we've come across this week. Yes. It is an app-controlled table tennis robot. Hmm. It's for people who want to improve their robot, uh, the table tennis skills. And do you remember you used to have that uh, that tennis thing when you were in... And a cricket. You used to have a cricket throwing device that would hurl cricket balls yes. at you at high speed. Yes. It's it like one of those. It clips on the far side of a table tennis table, mm -hmm. and it has a net behind it that gathers up the returned table tennis balls and feeds them back into its little hopper so it can keep on, <laughs> keep on playing. Assuming, assuming the ball actually goes onto the... Table, assuming the yeah. ball goes onto the table anywhere near the net, yes. you could have optional top spin, side spin, and underspin. I have no idea what underspin is, but they obviously have it in table tennis and they're very concerned about it. Um, it can deliver between 30 and 100 balls a minute at speeds of between two and a half and 45 miles an hour. But the idea of having a balls a minute at 45 miles an hour, could you imagine having those fired at you? Um, actually, I can. I don't think I want it. No, I don't think you would want it. Anyway, it's on Indiegogo, $899, which is um, just under £720, which is not, not an impulse purchase, but if oh. you're a serious table tennis player, mm. you might want to have it uh, up your game. Well, are you interested? Because I've actually got a table tennis table that isn't being used anymore. You can have it. I've got nowhere to put and then... it. Oh, well, that's a that's the trouble problem. With table tennis tables, even when they fold up. Yes. They're still half the size of a table tennis table, even folded. That is true. Well, maybe that's what they should be inventing next. 
Maybe folds down to the size of a handkerchief. Yes, exactly. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Well, uh, we have another one of these for a while. Now, do you remember last year we talked about an interactive movie app for um, iPad and iOS and other kind of devices called Erica? Oh, I do, vaguely, mm. yes. Uh, the I people think who I made Erica it, yes. have brought up a new one. It's called Hush, or rather, it's called Hush or Crane. I think it's a series called Hush, of which the first one is called Crane. Anyway, right. it's a free taster of this interactive movie, and in which you play a, a henchman of dubious uh, morality by the name of Bambi, which I think is a very odd name for a henchman. Yes. I don't quite know why they're called him that. And um, so, and you interact with the screen to to both make choices of your responses to people, but also to make actions happen. And the mm. first two actions that you do in this game is to unzip a woman's dress and then slide the straps off her shoulders. So you're sure you're that, not you sure you're not actually Bambi herself. You are not, it's not a woman. Okay. You are so you are very much. I think we're much going for the male market here. It's just perfectly possible. But uh, how many people are going to want to play something where they're called Bambi? Yes, it was a very curious choice. A very curious choice. Anyway, so you can do lots of interactive things. You can. Uh, it's rather nice when you're sitting in a bar and it's full of uh, full of other henchmen and mm. the a henchwoman, and you can look around the bar by dragging on the screen. And it's not mm. just a still. It's sort of Proper, yes. uh, properly filmed with real uh, actors. Quite good acting, actually. Bit of a silly storyline, but quite good acting. Uh, you can dial a rotary telephone. You can fire your gun. You get involved in the gunfight, and you could actually sort of fire your gun at people. Uh, I tried it once, and I got killed by the third henchman. I might, hmm. might just try it again. It's worth having a look. It's called Hush. And it's available now. And it's just if you want to see what interactive movies are like these days. I think I, I think did try Erica, but I can't, was it quite creepy or something? I can't remember. I'm sure something... It was a little me. creepy, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I stopped quite early on. I think yeah. I tried it in bed at night and didn't want to get bad dreams. This is less... This won't give you bad dreams. OK. Um, oh, if, you might wince at a bad script, but uh, okay. it won't give you bad dreams. <laughs> OK, I've done that plenty of times. Right, mm -hmm. what now? Uh, and finally, I think we're on to that okay. finally time of the week. Let's move on to the UK's first autonomous bus, which is operating between uh, both sides of the fourth road bridge. They have five buses, which can go up to 50 miles an hour on their 14-mile route, most of which is uh, motorways, but not all motorway. They also have to negotiate an A road and, um, and a business park. And this autonomous bus will have a driver and will also have a bus captain. And the job of the bus captain is to wandering around, wander around chatting to the passengers. Because everybody really uh, wants people talking to them when they're on a bus. I have, I have, I have no idea. The, the people operating the bus say they have no plans to do away with employees on board. And you think, well, if they have no plans to do away with the employees, why don't they just let them drive the bus? Absolutely. I'm assuming that a, a, a bus that has a, a driver is probably rather cheaper than having an autonomous bus that has a driver who isn't driving but is wandering around talking to people. No, he's not the same person. There's a driver and there's oh. a bus captain. Well, what's the actual bus driver doing if he's not driving? 
Well, he's sitting there with his hands poised, ready to take over uh, at the moment's notice if there's an emergency. Is this really progress? Uh, well, I suppose, you know, we're edging towards autonomous vehicles and we have to do it step by step. And it has to be very, very short steps. I think they just say that they're not planning on getting rid of any of their drivers because uh, otherwise the unions would be justifiably up in arms about it. So obviously that's the goal. Yes. I mean, this is why um, uh, Uber are investing so heavily in autonomous driving. So because the, the things that's really expensive for Uber are the taxi drivers. Mm. And mm. if they can do away with those, then they might actually start making a profit. Hmm. Hmm. I say you do Uber walks and do over the cars instead and just have people lead you where you're going on a nice amble. Brilliant. Or they could just send out Uber maps and you can find your own yes, way. Yes, yes. We've revolutionised their business model <laughs> with very little thought whatsoever. Oh, we have these genius ideas all the time. It's a mm. wonder we aren't uh, as wealthy as Elon Musk. I don't know how he's managed it without our help. Okay, Steve, thank you very much indeed. That's Steve Kaplan. We'll be back with more Gadgets and Gizmos at the same time next week. Is it a gadget? Is it a gizmo? No, it's Gadgets and Gizmos with Steve Kaplan and Simon Rose.